Hi, I'm Gavin. I'm Ryan. And welcome back to The Sound Project. Okay, so today, Ryan had the, the idea to interview me. So, like, right off the bat, we're losing at least 1,000 subscribers, <laughs> I think. Um, no, it, it'll be fun. You're going to interview me. I really don't yeah. know what kind of questions you have, um, so I'm just going to trust you with that, and I'm going to let you roll with it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and honestly, like, we're just kind of, I mean, we've gotten to know each other, like, really well over the past couple of years, so mm-hmm. we're really just going to kind of talk about you and, like, Man. yeah, your business side, music side, personal side, yeah, so. Okay. Um, so I guess let's just start with um, kind of, like, your background. So, like, where, where are you originally from? Like, what did you do as a kid? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Man, uh, so I originally, I was born in Muncie, Indiana, mm-hmm. and uh, so I lived there until I was 16 years old, uh, but I was raised there. I have a, a brother, uh, Gant, who mm-hmm. is uh, three years older than me, um, and my mom and dad, you know, and that was, that was our household. Um, I mean, growing up, I was into a lot of different things, uh, a lot of sports, mm-hmm. you know, I played a, a, a probably more basketball than I should have in my life. Um, I, I mean, I'd play like six to eight hours a day in the summers, and I was that kid who had like I went with my allowance, like bought like little pylons and things that I could put in the driveway to like keep track of how many shots I hit. I had a, literally a three ring binder of, <laughs> with the court drawn, so I could see like okay how many, and I always do the percentages. So math was a, a thing kind of growing up, um, and uh, so I played a lot of basketball, played golf, played tennis, um, and uh, loved music. You know, like yeah. music was a, a big part of my life. Like neither of my parents are, um, neither of them play instruments or sing mm-hmm. or anything like that. But there was always like music in the air. Like there was, sure. um, we had a record player, vinyl record player, um, which maybe that's partly <laughs> why I am so obsessive about collecting vinyl records these yeah. days. But, um, you know, listened to a lot of the Beatles, Carpenters, things like that um, cool. growing up. And uh and my, my brother liked music as well, so like we, we bonded over that growing up. Nice. On the sport note, I just want to notate that like you are annoyingly good at <laughs> any sport I've played with you. Like between <laughs> basketball and then um and then like going to top golf and stuff, it's just like what the heck? And then you went on on site recently that yeah. you're playing basketball with some with the client and his contractor. Yeah. And I got a text from the contractor that is like Dude, no one t- like told us that Gavin was just gonna sweep the court with us. Wow. Like, well, I uh, it's it's funny because like I always wear my glasses too when I play basketball. Yeah. And back in my old neighborhood, uh, I got the nickname the professor uh, because I wore these glasses and looked like a professor, but also that I took people to school. Yep. So that, that was that was the thing. No, it's uh, it's super fun. I mean, I know my role uh, on the court. It's it's the shooter. Yep. Um, and and that's that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so growing up, so like you said that you guys were into like sports and the music. So like, did you and Gant ever do anything like musically together? Um, not together so much. I mean, we listened to a lot of music together. Uh, my brother played trombone in elementary school. Okay. And, um, let's see. And we, we both did choir, but not in the same choir cause he was older than me. So we, sure. we were always in some different things, but, um, you know, there's videos of me, like when I'm super young with just like a mic stand and a fake guitar and like, yeah. you know, hamming it up, you know, that sort of thing. Cool. Uh, so I, I really loved that, that sort of thing. I didn't uh, start taking guitar lessons until I think it was third grade okay. um, that I started taking them. 
I really didn't enjoy them. Like it was <laughs> like uh, they were teaching me, you know, Mary had a little lamb or Twinkle yeah. Twinkle Little Star, like things I didn't really want to learn. Sure. And, um, I wish I would have stuck with it longer because um, after about a year of that, I think I, I stopped that and just started teaching myself how to play. Nice. Yeah. Do you remember what the first song you learned on guitar was? That wasn't like a nursery rhyme kind of thing? Um, it was... I, it was today by Smashing Pumpkins, okay. like that little intro yeah. riff thing. Um, I think that was the first thing that I learned. Okay, yeah. very cool. Um, man, so what's next? So then, um, what? I guess what was like the thing that got you into music? Like, I know you said that your parents like uh, played the vinyls and everything, mm-hmm. but is that like what really got you into it? Or yeah, I just I don't know. There's something about it. Like with my brother, he gravitated more towards movies okay. like and he minored in film in college and and uh um, movies were his thing like for him like you could ask him almost any movie he'll tell you who produced it where mm-hmm. it was shot you know all the, he he has that kind of brain where i have that for music like i have yeah. so much like um unnecessary information sure. uh, when it comes to bands and like where they're from and where they played their first show or whatever like things that I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning um, <laughs> but I could tell you you know uh when I saw some concert and what they were wearing that day you know that it's yeah. it's just random information but my brother's more on the the um uh movie side of things I do remember um my brother had a cassette that I'm dating myself but a cassette <laughs> collection of of uh music and, you know, typical big brother stuff, like he, he forbid me to buy any of my own, like with my own money, you know, like it was like his thing, okay. um, which is, it was fine. But finally I was just like, no, I'm, I'm, I've got to, I've got to build my own collection. Yeah. So, um, bought some cassettes, you know, I think it was, uh. Uh, Dr. Dre, the Chronic was one of them that I probably should shouldn't have been listening to as, <laughs> as young as I as I did. Um, another bad creation. You won't remember that because you're too nope. young. But that was like a like an R and B group of a bunch of kids that were like my age. So I thought it was it okay. was cool. Um, so I started getting some cassette tapes and then uh, started collecting CDs. And mm-hmm. I still know the date of the first CD I ever ever bought. It was August 8th, 1994, and it was Soul Asylum's Grave Dancers Union at the Discount Den on Ball State's campus. Like, Dang. Yeah. I, I know the date because I kept the receipt in there, okay. and, and it was like the beginning of an obsession. So, um, yeah. But yeah, so anytime a song from that record comes on, it's it's kind of special. That's pretty cool that you remember that. Like, yeah. I don't cool, maybe. Maybe it's cool, or Whoa. maybe it's weird. <laughs> you know, it could be either. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> I was gonna. I don't even remember what like my first CD was. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's cool that you remember mm-hmm. that. So then, when so like you play in a band now um, with you? Yes, yes, with me. Ryan is our new um, guitarist. So, um, yeah, which first show tonight? Pumped. Yeah, we're we're filming this on a day where Rivet Shack's first show with Ryan yeah. is is going to be tonight. It's so. going to be fun. But so when when did you start playing live? Like oh yeah, man or playing out I guess yeah I I really didn't start doing that so when I I like I said I grew up in Muncie I lived mm-hmm. there till I was sixteen my dad's job got transferred out to Las Vegas uh, sure. Nevada which from Muncie to Vegas that's like seamless transition it's, yeah you know not different at all <laughs> no I mean there's casinos in in Muncie I'm sure um, <laughs> but no it, it was right between my sophomore and junior year of of high school which was a challenge because I had already established myself on sports teams and in theater and had a group of friends and suddenly like overnight, like that was all taken away. I had to move, move. And, um, luckily I don't know honestly how I did it. 
uh, at that age because I was 16 and I just had a good attitude about it. Like yeah. I could have been bitter and, and kind of uh, um, upset that we were moving, but I, I, I can't believe like that young, I actually thought, well, if I have that attitude, I'm going to get what I, what I put into this, you yeah. know? So I just said, okay, well, I'm going to jump in feet first and go meet people. And, and uh, so I moved out to Vegas and um, it was really nice because tennis season started right when I moved out there in the summer oh, and nice. uh, the girls and the guys, um, practice at the same time. So I actually got to meet probably 40 to 50 people before school even started, nice. which was super helpful in kind of that transition. Um, but yeah, when I moved out to Vegas, uh, that's when I started playing more music because cool. um, in Muncie, there weren't a lot of, I didn't have a lot of friends that played in bands or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Vegas, it seemed like everybody was doing something musically. Yeah. And so it made me want to get into it a lot more. And cool. so I think first time ever playing live was actually with... Um, a good friend of mine, John Ellis, um, we, we would play some music together. He had mm-hmm. a band and I would join him for like some open mics or some shows. I'd do a oh, couple cool. songs or something like that with them. Um, and I would, I started writing songs, um, in high school out in Vegas. Um, I actually wrote a lot of poems. Like I, I was, mm-hmm. I'd write a poem almost every day. I had books that I carried around with me and I'd write that. And then eventually I just transitioned those into, into songs and, yeah. and, uh, really, Really started. I think my first solo show would have been when I got to college. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's when it really started. Nice. And I know you were involved like with the audio, like at your church as well. Do you ever play in church, or was that always something different? Yeah, I never played in church. Uh, I, I, um, the, the church I grew up in, they didn't have like a a, a band or anything. Mm-hmm. Like that it was more like a piano and organ and and hymns. Sure. Um, but I did. Um, Bill Blanton at at my church. I always remember that he uh, asked me if I wanted to help run sound, which okay. back then was just like my duties were like uh, make sure the cassette doesn't run out and you flip it in time and then hit record again you know like that's how we were recording things back then but uh, and i would run up to the stage and change microphones or change batteries or whatever we needed to do um so that was my first taste of anything is like oh wow this this is something that's like a job that someone can do um and i was always really grateful for um for bill to ask me to do that because i was probably really probably my son's age now like my son's eight years old i was probably eight to ten when he asked me to do that and it was like a it was really important to me because it was something that uh um gave me a responsibility Mm -hmm. and i that's something as a kid i loved i still love it today you know but um where he trusted me to do something that i felt was like super important because i was like man if these people can't hear what's being said because the microphone's not in the right spot then I mean, I just took a lot of responsibility with that. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And you're still involved with your church now, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I volunteer as an usher. Um, I've never uh, volunteered to be in the band because mm-hmm. with the, my travel schedule the way that it is, I never want to let anybody down. And, yeah. you know, I, it, it sometimes I have last-minute trips that happen, and I just I wouldn't be able to, uh, uh, to be dependable and sure. need to be that for, for people at church. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't think you've mentioned it yet, but you were also like heavily involved in theater. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I, I did some uh, uh, drama performances at my high school in, in uh, Indiana. My um, uh, uh, theater teacher there, Lynn Engel, 
um, which I just call her Miss Single. I can't call her Lynn, <laughs> even though we're adults now. We joke around about yeah. it all the time. I, I get I get together with her, and, and I still call her Miss Single, even yeah. though I'm uh, 44 years old. <laughs> um, but uh, she was um, really instrumental in me, like falling in love with theater in in Indiana. And then that translated out to uh, Vegas, where they just had a really awesome theater program that I got involved with, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, my teacher out there was Mrs. Keeper. And uh, we called her Mama Kay because (laughs) we we spent... Probably more time with her than our own family sometimes. Like yeah. the rehearsals were long and and but so much fun and and honestly, like I attribute that to um, like I mean I met my wife in theater in in high school in Vegas. Like uh, Erica and I were in theater together in a bunch of performances and plays and and uh, we did musical theater in Vegas, which was okay. not um, something that we did in in Muncie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really loved that. You know, it That's was awesome. it was super fun to be able to combine my love for theater with music as well. Um, I even, I mean, I considered going to school for musical theater at yeah. one point. Um, I had a couple like small scholarships for that. Uh, but when I was a senior in high school, uh, we, we made a trip to New York City mm-hmm. uh, with our theater group and we had workshops with actors and, and it was just super fun. We went and saw, you know, three uh, Broadway shows yeah. and, but every actor we talked to in, in uh, the, the workshops, they're like, this is the best job you can possibly have if you can find one. Right. And I was like, man, I, I can't do that. You know, I, I, I want stability. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't like taking a bunch of risks and it was just too much for me. Like I have some friends who did that like full time and they, they've done theater ever since high school. Uh, it just wasn't for me sure. uh, because it was just, too much of a variable. Um, so luckily, I love math and science as well. And yeah. so my dad's a mechanical engineer, and I went into uh, mechanical engineering school in um, uh, at Colorado State University. Cool. Yeah. So backing up to that's when you met Erica was mm-hmm. in high school in like musical theater was so like did you guys do some of the plays together? Yeah. Or- yeah. Do you remember? She, or go ahead. Yeah. She always uh, jokes that she was, um, you know, uh, just an extra or, or you know, <laughs> a background player um, because she she um, she'll be the first to admit that she doesn't doesn't uh, love singing. Sure. You know, like I mean, I don't know if she doesn't love it, but she doesn't think she's good at it. Okay. Um, she can she can do it every once in a while, but like consistently, she's like, I don't I, I don't like to do that. <laughs> sure. So. Um, I had we did a few different plays together, um, uh, and then musicals. We did Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, cool! Uh, uh-huh. So I was Perchick, which uh, is hilarious because that's the rebel, mm-hmm. right? And everyone, I mean, sees me as a rebel. I'm pretty much, uh, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much just yeah. a rebel all the time. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, which was fun because we got to do like the the bottle dance, you know, where you put the bottle on the. I don't know if you've seen Fiddler on the Roof, yeah. but and you have to like go down on your, on your knees and do these dances with the bottle not falling off, and um, so that was that was pretty fun. Um, and then we also did 110 in the Shade, um, which is a musical ap- adaptation of the rainmaker the play the okay. rainmaker and the lead i was the lead in that it is uh character's name was starbuck okay. uh, which that was like right at the time starbucks was really blowing up and so <laughs> everybody all the gifts i got for doing the performance they were all starbucks related nice. you know? and i don't drink coffee yeah so. <laughs> it's kind of weird but uh but yeah we, we did a lot of things together uh in theater and uh her and my friend john ellis that i mentioned before like mm-hmm. we hung out all the time and and uh, still stay close and yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, i i actually when i was out there i was going to play basketball and i decided against it um because i wanted to do theater instead mm-hmm. um 
and it was just such a great decision because if I didn't yeah. do that, I probably wouldn't have uh, married Erica and wouldn't have two beautiful kids and all that. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So then Colorado State. Um, yeah. So did you, after your time out to New York, like, did you decide right away that you weren't going to pursue the musical theater thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I had some doubts going into it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I, I, I was kind of on the fence and that was one the thing that solidified sure. it for me. And um, so I, I had applied to probably seven or eight engineering schools mm-hmm. and um, got accepted to all of them, which was awesome. But then it was um, just deciding which one I wanted to pick. Sure. And I narrowed it down to, um, I finally uh, had to pick between Colorado State and Purdue. Yep. And uh, Luke, who uh, films this with more than media, <laughs> he's a Purdue grad. Uh, so he probably thinks I made the wrong choice. However, <laughs> uh, I will say that I had lived in Indiana for a long time, Purdue's yeah. here as well. And uh, Purdue overall as an engineering school is, is uh, ranked higher than Colorado State, sure. but their mechanical programs at the time were right next to each other. Yeah. And so uh, it took one visit to Colorado. Uh, it's in Fort Collins, Colorado, yeah. just a beautiful place. And uh, I went to visit the campus and I made the decision like right there because it, awesome. was, it was a place for me. So that was, I mean, uh, I did four years at Colorado State. The uh, mechanical engineering program I was involved with was like four and a half years, I think is what mm-hmm. it normally took. But I took some summer school uh, classes at Purdue uh, okay. so that I could I could uh, get done in four. So you technically attended both still? I did. <laughs> I did. Well, and I wanted to get done in four because, like, my wife and I, we did long-distance relationship for yeah. four years. You yeah. know, it's just like um, – and and I was kind of done with that. Yeah. And, and so I wanted to get done as soon as I could. Um and yeah, Colorado State was awesome. I mean, um, met lifelong friends there that I mm-hmm. still keep in, in contact with. And, um, you know, someday we may live in Colorado again. I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, that, I, it would be kind of a, a dream to go back out there. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Definitely a little more uh, mountainous than what Indiana is. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of elevation change. I, the thing I love about it is just like, 300 days of sunshine. Like, yeah. Here in Indi- Indiana, you know, winters get gray and, mm-hmm. and kind of depressing honestly yeah. and so <laughs> yeah. like out there in colorado is just awesome because even if it's cold the sun's out yeah you know? yeah that's fair so with your time at colorado state like once you decide that you weren't going to do musical theater was it always mechanical engineering or did it take time to figure that out no i went straight for mechanical engineering most likely because it that was what my dad did you okay. know and and uh i um in high school, like my senior year of high school, I had an internship at Delphi Automotive, which is where he worked. Mm-hmm. He was uh, in charge of like the electric car project there in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It, we moved out there because they were trying to test the batteries in a place with extreme heat. Yep. Um, and Vegas is good for that. Yeah. And, and so um, I worked a little bit in that environment where I was uh, laminating battery uh, cells and then uh, testing them to fail. So like mm-hmm. driving nails through them and trying to make them explode, which as a high schooler, like that's, that's awesome that's a lot of fun you know and so uh we did that um and i so i got a taste for like what mechanical engineering was like and and uh um so i went there with a, a focus in robotics is okay. um and you know back then i was like battle bots was going on you yeah. know like and, and so it's like man that'd be cool we didn't build any any robots that would uh would attack anything else but we sure. did build a robot <laughs> my senior year we um uh me and my group we we built a robot that would um 
actually had two suction cups mm-hmm. um, that that we could draw a vacuum on, and it could flip up and be five and a half feet tall in the air, rotate anywhere you want, set back down, and then draw a suction on that other foot, and then it could even walk up a wall. Like it was, it That's was really awesome. cool, um, and it was supposed to navigate an obstacle course, and and uh, it's kind of fun because we uh, were tasked to do something that no other team in in the history of the program had done before. Yeah. Um, there's a term in the industry called skunk works. If you try to do something that has never been done before. And so that was our team and actually really good, uh, ex- like life experience because my senior year project, we had to interview for the team we wanted to be on. Like, okay. and, and so we had to put our resume together, sit down with the professors, have interviews, and then they placed us on the teams based on our performance. So wow. that okay. was pretty fun. And then, um, I remember our professor told us after we did our design that it wouldn't work, yeah. you know, and uh, it ended up working. And he mm-hmm. was like real gracious about that. He's like, man, I, I didn't I, I doubted you, but you you proved me wrong on this. And he didn't think that the uh, vacuum would be able to hold that amount of weight uh, okay. to be able to do that. And uh, uh, but we made it happen. We were a little different than some of the other teams in that mm-hmm. we uh took the whole first semester to design, and then we built the second semester. So many other people took like two weeks to design, and then they started building right away, but then they'd run into problems and then sure. and then have to re- redo their design. So it was it was nice to go through that process, and it's just kind of how my brain works. I always just want to, um, you know, get things designed to a point that it needs to be, mm-hmm. and then start building it after that. I've never heard you put it like that, but it's kind of funny how much that translates to like what we do now. Just, I mean, how much of our work is like in that planning phase. And Mm -hmm. then really it seems like the construction phase for us goes fairly quick. Yeah. Um, just because of all the planning. Yeah. Is that we actually finished that, um, project, the, the, uh, robot that we built. Um, I think it was about two months before the semester ended. Okay. And we went to our professor and said, Hey, we're, our robot's done, but we can add this automation or we could add this automation. And he was like, you've already proved me wrong that this was even going to (laughs) work. Plus you did it the right way. Like you designed it first and then you built it. And because of that, you were really efficient. So these last two months, like you can just work on some passion projects or do whatever you want to do, but you, you've accomplished what you need to do. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So then I know we've talked about this on like one of our first episodes, but for the listeners that weren't listening to at that time so that after school you're between going to pepsi or going to an acoustical treatment yeah yeah, yeah. My, my two main job offers that i was considering was uh, one was going to be to optimize the bottling process for pepsi mm-hmm. and uh, i always say this but like there's a conflict of interest because i like <laughs> coke better um, however as of filming this I'm, I'm two months with no soda which is is pretty yeah. impressive for me because uh, that is one of my one of my vices is is soda but uh, yeah so Pepsi wanted me to help with their bottling process and all the robotics that's involved with with that assembly line and then the other one was to go work for Orlex acoustics which is mm-hmm. a manufacturer of acoustical materials so yeah. it was uh, it was a bit of a hard decision because if I worked for Pepsi, I would have lived in Denver, which mm-hmm. I've already talked about how much I loved Colorado. Um, and also they paid twice as much as what Orlex was going to pay me. Sure. And, uh, but I made the decision based on just what I was passionate about. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't really figure it out until my, uh, just after my junior year of high school or college that acoustics was a thing that I could do, yeah. you know? And then once I figured that out and I got really passionate about that, cause I got to combine the math and physics with my love for music. I was like, man, I really want to do that. Even if it's mm-hmm. half as much pay and, uh, 
one benefit is what is moving back to Indiana. And by then my parents and my brother had moved back here to Indiana. So sure. um, I could be close to them. But really, it was more so just I want to do something that I really enjoy in life um, versus, yeah. you know, just a job. Sure. Yeah. And you were there for a long time. I mean, you did a lot with Oralex, yeah, too. Yeah, I was there for eight years. Yeah. Um, and so, like, 2001 to 2009, uh, did a lot of things there. Uh, was Midwest Regional Manager, uh, head of engineering for a while there as well, helped with product design, room designs. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun because we were, we were growing uh, uh, at a rapid pace. And, yeah. like, I loved all my... my uh, um, Co-workers is, is a lot of fun, but there, there got to be a point like in 2009 where I realized that if I wanted to really go in depth with the studio design thing mm-hmm. that I loved, um, I needed to start my own business or sure. or go work for another firm or something like that. But I decided to start my own business um, again against my own <laughs> like uh I, I don't like taking risks, you know, yeah. and my wife was the one who pushed me like she That's was awesome. like man, you, you, you built this reputation, you, um, do good work, you're responsible, people like working with you. I think that you should do this. And, uh, so I did. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm so glad that she, she pushed me to that because like having, um, I mean, this is year 14 for the business and, um, I never would be able to do all the things that I've gotten to do unless I started started Haverstick Designs. Right. Yeah. And now it's seven people. It's not that's even wild. just you. Yeah. yeah, that's just absolutely crazy. Because, like, growing up, um, you know, I never even thought I was going to have my own business. Like, yeah. that was... Ne- I would, didn't have the, that uh, goal in mind. Sure. Um, and then when I did start the business, I was like, okay, this is a big risk for me. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work, but... It'll probably, if it doesn't work, it's just going to affect me, you know, like, sure. it's, and I, I always thought it was just going to be me in an office until I retire mm-hmm. and then Haverstick Designs is done, you know, sure. and then it's evolved now to, yeah, it's, uh, you know, me and six others and, and, um, you know, we have an office space. We, you know, it's, it's pretty wild. The level of projects we get to work on as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, beyond my wildest dreams, what it's, it's, uh, it's come to at this point and, also, what's crazy is that it's not done growing. Like yeah. we're, we're consistently growing every year, and um, it's not slowing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, really thankful for that. Yeah, it's awesome. So then, one of the things I want to specifically call out is the first time I met you was I was working at Sweetwater. One of my high school friends, Oscar, was working for or interning with you at yes. the time. Yeah. Um, but you have always had this like personality for teaching. Um, mm. And I know, like, even now that still kind of carries through in our projects. But did you ever consider like teaching like full time yeah. or anything? Actually, like Actually, that? that was one thing that I, um, when I did some. I think testing to, to see like what you'd be interested in doing for a career. Yeah. Um, teaching was high up sure. uh, and, and it was something that I, uh, was really considering. I was considering that I was considering being an architect, which okay. is interesting considering, uh, what we do now. We work with architects so much and, yeah. and, uh, um, my uh, grandfather was an architect oh, as cool. well. So, um, which would have been perfect if I stayed in Muncie because I could have gone to Ball State, which is a really great architecture school, yep. uh, which Tracy uh, um, works for us. Like mm-hmm. She got her master's of architecture from Ball State. And yeah. Just a great school for that. But when I moved, kind of like that's when my priorities shifted and, and sure. kind of opened my eyes to some other things. But yeah, teaching was a was a, a thing that I, I, and I, I like that I get to do it now, you know, sure. like I, I do seminars at universities or yep. 
Uh, I do training at Sweetwater, you know, every couple months uh, for them. And then, I mean, this is kind of uh, the podcast has become kind of like a teaching uh, series as well when we cover topics like that. For sure. Yeah. So then moving away from the work and back to like personal things. um, So like you go to concerts quite often. Yeah. Um, So I know this, but what's your favorite band? My favorite band, uh, man, I, I would have to say it's probably Wilco. Yep. Uh, Wilco is probably my favorite band. However, it is, I mean, there's so many to choose from. I, I would still throw in there like Bright Eyes, Arcade Fire, The Killers. Yep. Um, there's a, a lot of people like Kathleen Edwards I love. Um, I I have an addiction, okay? <laughs> like I have an addiction of... Um, collecting vinyl records, going to concerts. Now, the going to concerts thing has slowed down a bit since I had kids. Like, it used to be, I'd go to two or three shows a week, you know, um, when when it was just Erica and I. We would, I mean, we would travel around like we, uh, you know, anything that was within about an eight to ten hour drive, if one of our favorite bands were playing, like, we'd just go. Yeah. Um, Or even it wasn't a favorite band, it was just a band we liked, you know. Sure. Um, I can't tell you how many times I drove to Chicago and back in just a single night, um, which now sounds horrible yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as, as I'm getting older. But um, just drive up, finish the show at one in the morning, then get home at you know four or five in the morning. Sure. That was just normal. And uh, uh, I also remember uh, one of the few times that I, I took off of work to go to a show. Um, and I, I mean, I gave them a, a day's heads up and they said it was fine. It was sure. back when I was working at Orlex. But... I had just fallen in love with Bright Eyes as a band and just discovered them. It was right before Lifted was released, their album that kind of rocketed them to to more stardom than they had before. Uh, But I found out that they were playing a show at uh, this club. I don't think it exists anymore in Columbus, Ohio, called Little Brothers. Okay. And maybe holds 200 people. Like, it's small. small, Um, And I just saw Bright Eyes was playing there on Halloween and... Like, this is another one of those things where Erica just said, you should just go. Like, yeah. And so um, I called my boss at Orlex, asked if I could take it off. And it was like one of the most fun nights ever. You Heck know, it's yeah. like it's, it's Halloween. So everyone's dressed up. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, the whole band. Like, I think the drummer was a cow. Uh, Connor from the lead singer of Bright Eyes. Uh, he was George Bush. Um, <laughs> there, and it was just weird to see a band playing all dressed up in, in costume, yeah. but man, I've, yeah, I've been to so many shows like Wilco. I've seen over 35 times. I was going to say Wilco know? was the one I was about to specifically call out because yeah. of how many times you've seen. Them. Yeah. I've seen them a lot. Even I, I've sometimes arranged like they did this series of five nights in a row in Chicago mm-hmm. where they uh, played every song they ever recorded over the course of five nights. Dang. And I just, happened to have some work in Chicago that I could schedule around. <laughs> and so I went to all five nights of that, you know, and um, that's awesome. But I've probably seen bright eyes at least 25 times. I, I, um, yeah, it's just something I love to do. Like yeah. I, I just love to, to, to go to live shows. Um, it also, it's, I think it's important to me just to support artists that I love, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, you know, I always walk away with some merch because I know yeah. how important that is for bands to, to survive on the road. And, yeah. um, and and then it's just the memories like all the you know went to Lollapalooza almost every year for like 10 years straight and like went with friends and and uh um it's it's things that you can always look back on and and say remember when we saw this you know it's uh and there's some I mean I've seen so many shows there's some that I I forget like my friend Matt told me the other day he's like remember when we saw Rage Against the Machine at Lollapalooza and I was like 
we did. I wasn't there for that. <laughs> and uh, which is funny because I don't even drink. So it's not like right. my I was impaired in some way that I just couldn't remember it. It was. Uh, um, but sure enough, I was there for that show and I, I'd forgotten. Like, how do you forget Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. Like. That, that shows you you've been to too many concerts. But, yeah, I love it. I mean, I try to go to as many as I can these days. Uh, it's fun because sometimes it's it's work related. Like, yeah. I, you know, my friends from high, uh, college keep, you know, they, they, they're still amazed by like, wait a second, for work, you went to a Post Malone show? Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, it was like a, the perk of that. You know, we get to we get um, some nice tickets and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, go and, and see the artists that we work with. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I was going to say, and most recently, like the way that you talk about music, like, and how it ties back to some of your life events is really cool because mm-hmm. you and Erica recently went to go see Death Cab and Postal Service. Yes. Yeah, that was a big one because um, it was uh, the uh, anniversary of there's two albums that um, Death Cab and Postal Service put out. Um, mm-hmm. Death Cab had Transatlanticism and Postal Service had an album called Give Up. And the lead singer of both those bands is Ben Gibbard. Um, yep. And so they went on tour together and he would play with Death Cab and then you know, take a break and then come back out with the Postal Service. Yeah. And Jenny Lewis was with them as well because she's part of that group. And I um, love her music too. But yeah, that album, you know, came out, uh, you know, pretty much right around the time that we got married. And okay. so um, to have like those anniversary shows and they just play the album from start to finish, like yeah. th- those type of things are awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we drove up actually to just north of Detroit to go see that one. And um, cool. So yeah, we make it happen when, when it's important to us. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, so then something I'm going to move to is I told my wife, Lexi, that like one of the episodes that we were doing today was a uh, an episode just interviewing you. Yeah. And she was like, all right, like I want these answers before oh, the end of the episode. OK, so, so just like a rapid fire thing. You're just going to throw we're just going to go for it. Yep. All right. So Lexi's first question, she already knew the answer to this. She just wanted to spark the debate is Coke or Pepsi? Oh, which, wait, is, is she a Pepsi person? No, she's a Coke person. A hundred percent. Yeah. She's would... she's not to the degree of like going to a restaurant and someone like her ordering a Coke and the server saying like, oh no, we're Pepsi. Is that okay? Like she'll kind of like say yes, but she still gets it. But sure. yeah, some friends are like, oh, Pepsi? Nope. Water. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would say that... Uh, um, yes, I will do the same to where if Pepsi is the only option, yeah, I'll go for it. But yeah, yep. Coke is just by far better. Also, one of our uh, clients, David Carey yep. in uh, California, he works for Coke. And, yep. and uh, However, to balance that out, my cousin works for Pepsi. And so, I don't know. I just can't do it. it yep. Pepsi, Pepsi is, <laughs> is not at the same level as Coke. So I will agree. There are times where like Pepsi will kind of like, oh, Pepsi hit right today, but it's it's Coke. that's rare. <laughs> it is very rare. Yeah. <laughs> Next one, favorite Mario Kart character. Oh, Yoshi, absolutely yeah. Yoshi. Yeah, uh, I played Mario Kart with my uh, son, and actually our whole house will play it. My niece lives with us, and. Uh, um, Sylvia hasn't hasn't played yet, but she'll sure. she'll be getting there. She's only four, um, but yeah, Yoshi is my character, and uh, it always always kind of has been. And yeah. Even uh, recently, it's kind of fun. My, I took my son to uh, Super Mario World yeah. out in California at Universal Studios, and anybody who's ever considering going to this place. <laughs> 
it is a blast. Like obviously for kids, it's awesome, mm-hmm. but for adults that grew up with it, um, the whole place looks like you're inside a video game. You wear yeah. these bracelets that um, uh, allow you to like go and punch uh, question blocks, and you'll hear the sound of the coins, and mm-hmm. it registers to your band. And there's leaderboards around the park that show who has the most coins for the day. And my son likes to achieve. And uh, I, I, I like to as well. So he probably gets it from me. But he uh, saw this leaderboard and he just got it in his mind. He's like, I want to be number one. You yeah. know? And so he was grinding for coins all day um, and got first place. First place uh, the first day we were there. And then we went back the second day and he got first place again. So yeah. I think he's like... <laughs> 322nd all time on the list after just two days at the park. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was it was super fun. But yeah, Yoshi is my character. Heck and yeah. uh, you know, my niece, she picks Wario. And okay. I just I just think that that's cheating. I think that uh, <laughs> like she looked on Reddit and saw uh, that Wario had like the best attributes and, and I'm just like, all right, all if that's right. what it takes. Yep. So I was gonna say I'm I flip back and forth between Yoshi and Shy Guy, and then mm. Lexi is like solely Princess Peach. Always. Okay, like no question. Yeah, <laughs> tells a lot about a person. Yeah, right. Just like uh, the answer to this probably isn't on your list, I'm sure, but favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Ooh, that's a good one. What do you got? Now I'm interviewing go, you, huh? Now I'm interviewing yeah, you. Yeah, right. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, so growing up, I always liked Leonardo, but then um, the now leader? I yeah uh, no Le- uh, ish Leonardo was yeah, the leader. Yeah, that's fair. I go back and forth between whether or not him or Raphael's the leader. Raphael's mm. just kind of the troublemaker, though. Yeah, <laughs> but um, now like as I get older, I'm more between like Michelangelo and Donatello. But yeah. I'm Donatello. He's yeah. the engineer. So yeah, it totally like, makes have sense. Have to do it. Plus, on the video games, he has the staff that you can actually go through the floor and get people yeah. on the level above. So. <laughs> Have That's you played the new new game? There's game? a new game? There's a newer one that I came out. I have not played that. I haven't played it either. Dang. Next one, and this is in light of our uh, our show tonight, is do you have a go-to soundcheck song? Oh, like for us to play to soundcheck? Yep. Mm. Yeah, when you're getting levels and everything and it's, you have to like yeah. play something. Yeah. It's probably You Should Be Fine. Okay. Yeah, it's, cool. it's like a good song because everybody's involved because Emily who plays horn for us like she plays on that song as well Um, plus I think it's probably just like subconsciously it's a good thing to play first because you should be fine like (laughs) levels it out a little bit before the show starts yeah cool Um, next one is do you have a guilty pleasure movie or TV show hmm well guilty pleasure that implies that like other people think it's Garbage, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> movie or TV show? I'm going to pass for a second. I'm going to think about that. Cool. Go to the next one. Next one. In your free time, so like if you're driving, do you, are you a podcast or a music person? I'm a music person. Yeah. Who's your go-to? Uh, on For music? Yep. Um, it depends on what's going on that day. And obviously, if I'm driving long distances, mm-hmm. I don't go for anything too slow and i don't want to fall sure. asleep while i'm driving <laughs> um the the killers come up quite a bit while i'm driving uh because it, it's usually pretty high energy and mm-hmm. uh i always say like i i could listen to brandon flowers sing the phone book like it, it, i mean his voice and like just their style i love and plus yeah. like you know finishing high school in vegas they're a vegas band so i have a kind True. of a um an affinity for them but uh yeah probably probably that um yeah Cool. I, I don't think I don't think uh, 
with podcasts, it's funny because you you had the idea to start this podcast, mm-hmm. and um, I had never listened to a podcast before. Sure, yeah, I, I will say that uh, recently. I listen to a lot of Theo Vaughn's yep. podcasts, <laughs> so that is that is uh, something that's probably interesting about me. Yeah. Um, and actually, on our recent uh, tour, we, we um, uh, Luke and I traveled to film a couple studio tours, and, yep. <laughs> and we we scheduled it around a Theo Vaughn concert, like a and went and got got to see him. So yep. so yeah. But before we started this podcast, I, podcasts just weren't a thing for me. Like Fair. I just didn't even listen to any of them. Okay. Yeah. Which is funny now because also you, me, and Luke all have a Instagram group chat where you just like flooded us with Theo Vaughn videos. It's, it's important. The, the guy is, um, if you don't know Theo Vaughn, like he is ridiculous um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. But then there's moments where he's just been through a lot of struggle in his life, you know, and uh, there's moments where he, he just hits pretty deep. Yeah. And, and just recently, like I saw a clip of his that um, I've even brought to my leadership group and, and I quoted Theo Vaughn in my <laughs> leadership group, which is wild, but um, it just hit me pretty hard because he said that uh, he was talking about loneliness and okay. uh, how I think in this age, like even though we are all so much more connected with social media and things like that, I still think a lot of people just feel lonely um, yeah. even with all of that. But he was talking about how the thing about loneliness is that it's not so bad that um, you don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. It's that nobody has you. Sure. And like, I just thought like, that's so great. Like yeah. the, and a great perspective. So he'll hit you with those nuggets and then he'll say something that you're just like, man, he should probably be canceled. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm glad that he hasn't been. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So then Lexi's last one, before we go back to your movie or TV show is, and she prefaced this with, I feel like Gavin doesn't ever actually relax, but hmm, what's your, <laughs> but what's your like favorite thing to do? Like just to relax and hang out. Um, I see it's still an active thing, but I love playing disc golf. Yeah. Like, and that's just something you can get outside and walk and be in nature. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, I play a lot of, uh, you know, I don't like to say actual golf, but ball (laughs) golf or whatever you want to call it. Um, I played a lot of that, uh, in my lifetime, but as I've gotten more busy with work Mm -hmm. and family, you know, a five hour commitment's harder to do. Whereas disc golf is like an hour and a half and it's a, it's a fun thing to do with friends and, and um, usually go on a trip every year with my friends and my brother mm-hmm. just to hit some some courses and have fun. So yeah. I do that. I'm not – I she's right. I don't relax no. well. Um, <laughs> like when we – my wife and I, if we go on like a beach vacation, mm-hmm. uh, I can lay down in the sun for like an hour. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, is there shuffleboard or is there ping pong? Like what else can yeah. we do? I, my mind doesn't shut off very well. Sure. So uh, usually I like to do active things. Cool. All right, now we're back to your oh, guilty man. pleasure of a movie or a TV show. Movie or a TV show that's a guilty pleasure. See, I think I think too highly of my of my taste because <laughs> I don't have anything that's like universally panned or just people are just don't like. Um, Luke just said <laughs> off camera, Indiana basketball, yeah. <laughs> which we could turn this in a whole nother, another route. Um, Luke being the Purdue grad and me, uh, I'm a huge IU basketball fan. Yep. So, uh, I've got the candy stripe pants, all the things. I was eight years old, like my son's age, when uh, Indiana won their last championship. Yeah. And that was just such a huge moment for me. And Steve Alford, who was on that team, was like who I patterned my game after. And, mm-hmm. and so it just is ingrained in me. Sorry, Luke. But. <laughs> um, that is not a guilty pleasure. That is a solid, solid decision. Um, 
man, a movie or TV show. I mean, most people like The Big Lebowski, right? I mean, that's like pretty I universally so. loved. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, man. I mean, okay. Maybe, maybe I'll I'll get back to Lexi on that. <laughs> that works. And since you just mentioned Steve Alford, mm-hmm. I do want to go back to. I forget we didn't talk about this, but you like made it in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go I ahead. Did. So I I just was a huge like Steve Alford fan, IU basketball fan. Uh, like I even remember when Steve Alford got married, I clipped it out of the newspaper and put it on my bulletin board in my room. Like it was just a, I went to his basketball camp uh, as well and yeah. got to meet him and play with him and stuff like that. So, um, but the local Muncie Press, like the the uh, uh, newspaper there in Muncie, mm-hmm. had a contest of why I love my mom the best, <laughs> and I decided like, man, I can do this. I'll, I'll write something for that. And I was probably yeah around Grayson's age, which is hilarious, like eight years old. And I wrote in that all I said was, I love my mom the best because she cuts my hair like Steve Alford. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't win. Um, maybe honorable mention. But yeah. That was important to me. It was important to me. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's everything I had for today. Like I said, I think cool. it was just, uh, I don't know. I came up with the idea just because it's like, hey, like we're interviewing all these other people right now. Like, yeah. why don't we interview you? <laughs> It was relatively so, painless. Yeah, so, yeah, wasn't bad. Yeah, it was so. all good. All right, well, that's been another episode of The Sound Project. Really appreciate you guys being a part of it. And uh, since I couldn't answer the question of my guilty pleasure of a movie or, or film, could you give me some options in the comments below? Like, what's your guilty pleasure? And, um, yeah, this has been really fun. I appreciate it, Ryan, and we'll see you next week.